Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my 10 must-add waiver wire pickups for week number 10 of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get on into things, it's important to note that there are several teams on by this week in week 10, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Miami Dolphins, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, some of the better teams in the NFL, and the LA Rams are also on by, but before we can actually get on into things here with the waiver wire ads, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you're doing up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my top 10, week 10 waiver wire pickups for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with my number one waiver wire ad on the weak tank Dell wide receiver of the Houston Texans going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati this week. Now, I understand that tank Dell is owned in a majority of leagues, 55.7% rostered on ESPN and 57.1% rostered on NFL. But if you are in a 10, maybe an eight man league, there is a much higher chance that tank Dell is available. And if you are in maybe a league with softer competition, even a 12 man league, tank Dell might still be available. Last week, he was the wide receiver number one in PPR, and these stats are prior to Monday Night Football, the Chargers versus the Jets, because this video comes out prior to Monday Night Football. So maybe Garrett Wilson or Keenan Allen dethrone Tank Dell as the wide receiver one. Week nine versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Houston Texans eat a W, famous Jameis Winston style, winning 39-37 to in a thriller like the Michael Jackson song of a game. Six receptions on 11 targets gets for 114 yards with two touchdowns as well as two rushes for two yards. Now, C.J. Stroud absolutely bent the Buccaneers defense over a table. He sodomized that defense in what might have been one of the best rookie performances I have ever seen. C.J. Stroud absolutely dissected that defense of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it was honestly a beautiful sight to behold on. Tank Dell, to me, is a very high upside player that has a very low floor week in and week out. In the seven games he has played, he did end up missing some time with an injury. He has had under 10 points in four of those games. So four of seven games, he was held to under 10 points. But the other three games, he has had over 20 points. So Tank Dell is very much the player that I talk about him every single week to be. He is a firecracker player for your lineup. There are some weeks where you end up with this beautiful Disney world with the castle. And there's all these beautiful fireworks like the 4th of goddamn July. And then there are other weeks where Tank Dell is the fireworks that JPP set off, and now he only has seven fucking fingers, right? So Tank Dell is either going to be this beautiful fireworks show that you get to watch for your roster, or potentially send your fantasy football team to the IR. So Tank Dell is a very high upside player that I would definitely consider starting this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. He is the clear number one waiver wire option this week. He is the only waiver wire 
player that I would be willing to blow a decent amount of fab on or even spend my number one waiver priority on because the waiver wire this week is a little bit grim. At number two, we got Demario Douglas, wide receiver of the New England Patriots, going up against the Indianapolis Colts in Germany. I'm sure everyone is going to want to wake up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to watch the Patriots versus the Indianapolis Colts. 21.9% rostered on ESPN, 18.8% rostered on NFL. Now, last week, he was the wide receiver 25 in PPR, tied with DeAndre Hopkins. Week 9 versus the Commanders, they lose 17-20. to Five receptions on seven targets for 55 yards, as well as one carry for zero yards. He has had three straight weeks with six or more targets, as well as one carry. Without Kendrick Bourne, Douglas, to me, is the clear number one, the head honcho, the head of the table, shout out Roman Reigns, the best wide receiver on this team. Now, I will fully acknowledge that the Patriots' offense is dog shit. It reeks. You can smell it through the screen. And even though Mac Jones is pretty, pretty bad... I still think Douglas is a relatively safe bet weekly because of how much he is involved in this offense. At number three, we got QJ Quinton Johnston, wide receiver of the LA Superchargers, going up against the Detroit Lions this week at home in LA. 33.8% rostered on ESPN, 35.6% rostered on NFL. Now, he has yet to play tonight up against the Jets. But with Joshua Palmer on the IR, with Mike Williams out for the season, we just have to assume. Now, sometimes with a guy like Quentin Johnston, making an assumption makes an ass out of you and me. But I just have to assume he at least sees a boost in terms of looks, a boost in terms of targets week in and week out. Now, he was the wide receiver 47 in week 8 versus the Chicago Bears in a W30-13. to Five receptions on six targets for 50 yards. But again, the competition in LA continues to dwindle away. Without Joshua Palmer, without Mike Williams, there just has to be targets that are carved out for Quentin Johnson. There is no way that we are going to see Justin Herbert the pervert drop back a million times in this game against the Jets, and he doesn't at least target Quentin Johnston six to eight times, because if he doesn't, that would just make no sense. There was no reason for this fucking team to pull out that much draft capital, a first-round 2023 NFL draft pick, if Quentin Johnston is just this side piece. This side hoe for... Justin Herbert, the pervert. It would make no sense. So, again, while there's definitely some question marks, maybe you'll come back after you watch Tice game and be like, Nick, you fucking idiot! Quentin Johnson wasn't used at all! Which wouldn't really surprise me because, again, Brandon Staley's a little bit inept. But at the end of the day, right now where we are sitting... I like this spot for him up against the Lions next week. At number four, we got Keaton Mitchell running back of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns. 1% rostered on ESPN, 0.6% rostered on NFL. Now, I fully acknowledge, I've said that already like 3,000 times this video, but I will acknowledge that Keaton Mitchell might be like when you're playing Minesweeper and you're trying to avoid the bomb, right? But you just instantly click on the bomb, right? Keaton Mitchell might be the textbook definition of of fool's gold. So don't go out there and spend a gazillion fab on him. Don't go out there and blow your number one waiver priority on him. Because if you look at the stats last week, sure, 
from an outside perspective. If you didn't watch the game of the Ravens, you didn't look up the snap counts, you'd be like, holy shit, Keaton Mitchell is now the lead back, right? Running back four in PPR last week up against the Seahawks. They absolutely rolled the Seahawks up like a blunt and smoked them 37 to 3. I've been talking about this for a while, but with Geno Smith under center, this Seattle team ain't making it far in the playoffs, regardless of how rock solid the defense might end up getting. They butt-fucked the Seahawks here, right, without the use of lube. And Keaton Mitchell had nine rushes for 138 yards, something light, and a touchdown. One reception on one target for negative four yards. But if you actually look into things, Justice Hill absolutely dominated 50 shades of gray style the snap count at the running back position for the team right justice hill had 48 snaps on offense mitchell had 14 gus bus had 14 and to me gus bus is still the guy you the guy i don't know why the fuck my voice just did that the guy you want to be starting in baltimore so while keaton mitchell is a incredibly high-risk, high-reward running back this week. Unless your running backs, you can smell them through the screen, they reek to high heaven, or unless you are getting bent over the table by bye weeks, you can snort him, but understand that there is a very high likelihood that this running back for shit was Fugazi, it was a Wazi, it was a Woozy, it was Fairy Dust, and we get to the end of next week against Cleveland, and the motherfucker has zero points. So again... Don't completely overreact to Keaton Mitchell. If you're in a deeper league, go ahead and add him. But the running back pool for the waiver wire this week is so dumbed down that Keaton Mitchell ends up being the number one running back waiver wire add. At number five, we got another running back, Zach Charbonnet. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, we're about halfway into the video. Make sure you hit that subscribe button down below. And whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure to leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. So when it comes to Zach Charbonnet, who is owned in 30.4% of leagues on ESPN, 36.2% on NFL, this is a Seahawks team that is very clearly teetering on running back by committee. Now they get the Commanders this week, which is a much softer task for this Seahawks offense that, again, was very, very bad last week against the Ravens. Charbonnet was the RB52 in PPR last week. Again, they lost this game 3-37. to At no point in the game did it feel like the Seahawks even had an inkling of being able to come back. It felt like they were just dead in the fucking water the whole entire game. Four rushes for eight yards, one reception on one target for five yards for Charbonnet in that game. But the snap counts is what we need to look into. Walker, Kenneth Walker the third, 24 snaps. Zach Charbonnet, 27. So, with this recent rise of Charbonnet over the last two weeks, if you are a Walker owner, you have Walker on your fancy team, you need to not just walk, you know, have a nice stroll. You need to full-on sprint like your name was Hussein Bolt to the goddamn waiver wire because Zach Charbonnet is a mustache player if you have Walker. And if the Seahawks team comes out and slaps up front hand, back hand, the commanders, then you might be sitting there thinking, wow, maybe Charbonnet 
is now a guy that you want to be starting in fantasy football weekly. At number six, we got Trey McBride, tight end of the Arizona Cardinals, going up against the Atlanta Falcons. 43.6% rostered on ESPN, 30.4% rostered on NFL. Tight end 25 in PPR last week. Definitely a very, very, very bad game for the Cardinals. Clayton Toon, I think, had like negative eight fantasy points. Clayton Looney Toons was a disaster. Getting rid of Josh Dobbs sunk the battleship of the Cardinals. The Cardinals stood no chance. I mean, they stood no chance against the Browns regardless because of how stout that defense is. But the offense just was completely inept. They were full-on limp dick. They could not do anything. They could not move the ball. And Clayton Toon looks like he needs to go learn to speak fucking French-Canadian and go play in the CFL. Week 9 at Cleveland. They take the L, 0-27. McBride has three receptions on five targets for 22 yards. Now, the week prior, up against the Ravens, we saw McBride go crazy, go nuclear. He had a million targets. He had a touchdown, a lot of yards. So I expect to bounce back this week against the Hotlanta Falcons, a pretty mid-tier defense, assuming that Kyler Murray is under center. Now, if... Kyler is not able to go, and we see Clayton Toon again. We should see a better game out of McBride, but he would be far, with Clayton Toon under center, far away, a stiff arm. You know, Derrick Henry's stiff arm to Middle Earth. You need to stay clear away, not necessarily clear away from McBride, but if Toon plays, he's like just the tip, just barely a start, in my opinion, at number seven. Speaking of Joshua Dobbs, we got Josh Dobbs, quarterback of the Cold Lake Minnesota Vikings going up against the New Orleans Saints, 16.3% rostered on ESPN, 9.8% rostered on NFL. Quarterback four last week, this man didn't even start the game up against the Falcons. He ended up coming in because Jaron Hall suffered a concussion. This man was getting fed the routes into his fucking helmet. Coach Kevin O'Connell was telling him what the routes were for the receivers. He learned a lot of the playbook on the flight to Minnesota from Arizona. This is a guy, this was like Baker from last year. You remember that Baker game he had where he just showed up in prime time to be the starter for the Rams and he just went nuclear? That is exactly what Josh Dobbs did. Quarterback four last week with very little knowledge of the offense with like a 0.1% chance of actually going into the game. The only way he was going in, they could have been getting shellacked by the Falcons and he wouldn't have came in. The only reason why he was in the game was because of an injury suffered to the quarterback, the starter. Week nine at Atlanta, W31-28. to That was largely because of Josh Dobbs having a great game. 20 completions on 30 attempts for 158 yards, two touchdowns with zero INTs and seven rushes for 66 yards and a touchdown. Three total touchdowns in that game, zero INTs. He has had back-to-back weeks with over 20 points. Now, I'm not here to tell you that this game is a certified soft serve matchup against the Saints, right? Saints defense haven't really proved themselves to be like some top-tier defense in the NFL, but they're also not a defense that Josh Dobbs is just going to mosey out in there and wipe his ass with, right? But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, Dobbs has shown us that at least in the, the early time in Arizona and the early time in Minnesota, 
he has a decent amount of upside. So up against the Saints, to me, with the four teams on by, where you can't play Mahomes, you can't play Tua, you can't play Jalen Hurts, you might just be stuck like glue ooh, with Josh Dobbs as your starting quarterback this week. At number eight, we move to Cade Otten, tight end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going up against the Atlanta Titans, the Tennessee Titans at home in Tampa. 7.8% rostered on ESPN, 1.8% owned on NFL. But before we got into Cade, Otten, as well as the other waiver wire options, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and Underdog has a great offer for you guys all today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds. But first, I want to explain to you guys how the Underdog Pick'em game works. So we'll be talking about the NFL in today's sponsorship part of the video, right? So we got the Chargers versus Jets tonight on Monday Night Football in MetLife. We're going to have to pick at least one player from each team for this to work. So we're going to go ahead and go with Cameron Dicker, higher than one and a half field goals. I feel like the Chargers are going to be able to move the ball, but not good enough to be able to actually score. So they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals in this one. And then we are going to scroll down to Brees Hall, higher than 56 and a half rushing yards. I think they're going to unleash Brees Hall in this game. Now, both these picks hit we'll get three times our entry fee if we use three picks it's six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times our entry fee obviously all the picks have to hit now if you are new to underdog fantasy and live in one of the states on your screen right now you will receive a first match deposit bonus of up to $500 if you deposit using the link in the video description or promo code notorious you deposit 500 they will give you an additional 500 you deposit 100 they give an additional 150 additional 50 25 additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog fantasy is If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we are back into things here. Cade Otten, tight end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, going up against the Titans. Again, 7.8% rostered on ESPN, 1.8% on NFL. Titan 3 last week in PPR Week 9 at the Houston Texans. They lose that game, but it wasn't really because Baker or this offense didn't play good. It was because... DJ Stroud just simply played better, and Dare Agunbowale kicked a field goal. Crazy sentence, right? <laughs> that wouldn't have been on the bingo card of the 2023 NFL season at the start of the year, so they lose 37-39. to Otten has a great game. Six receptions on nine targets, six of nine. Very nice, I like my wife, for 60 yards and two touchdowns. He's a fringe start this week, but due to a solid matchup, I definitely feel more confident in him. Though, even if he doesn't have a great game, he is probably a guy that's a lock to get you like eight or nine points, even if he doesn't have a huge game. So that won't completely ruin your week. Obviously, will Cade Otten, is he a guarantee stone cold lock to be the reason why you win your week? Of course not. But against the Titans pass defense, anything is possible. Again, the biggest worry for Otten is not Otten's skill set. We talk about this all the time. Otten is a very talented NFL tight end. The problem is that they have Rashad White. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. All guys that command a solid, you know, cut of the pie, right? They all deserve targets. So Otten kind of ends up being the odd man out, you know, just getting cut out of the situation. But again, the upside is very prevalent. The matchup is great. And... Again, most of the season, while he hasn't been fantastic, 
he's still good for eight or nine points to where, you know, you weren't that pissed off if you start him. He won't be the reason why you lose. Moving now to waiver wire ad number nine, we got Will Levis, the Mayo man of the Tennessee Titans going up against the Bucks in 10, or not in Tennessee, in Tampa Bay. 38.8% rostered on ESPN, 34.3% rostered on NFL. Quarterback 23 last week. Now I did talk about how, hey, last week I liked Levis against the Steelers, but that's because there were teams on by, and that was because he looked pretty solid against the Falcons. And honestly, solid, the, the term solid is kind of an understatement. The motherfucker threw for 238 yards and four touchdowns with zero interceptions against the Falcons. Now, to me, it really just feels like Levis kind of ran into a saw, right? He ran into someone in a higher weight class. He stepped up in weight class. He went from fucking featherweight to heavyweight, and he got fucking clocked for doing so, right? So, to me, this feels like a solid bounce back spot against the Bucks. Last week, quarterback 23 against the Steelers. They lose 16 to 20, 22 completions on 39 attempts for 262 yards. An interception, one rush for two yards. The interception was at the end of the game where he was trying to play superhero ball, try to win the game for the Titans, and if you're a Titans fan, obviously it sucks when a guy throws an interception, but he has to throw that. He has to force something to try to score. Not like it was the first quarter, and he was like Stevie Wonder in the pocket. He drops back, and he throws a dime to the defense, and it's a pick, right? It was right at the end of the game. He was trying to make something happen, and it's a pick. Again, did he have a great game? Fuck no, baby. And I'm not trying to be some Mayo man, Will Levis enthusiast. This man, I'm pretty sure, eats bananas with the fucking skin on him like a goddamn serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer-esque move. But at the end of the day, I kind of liked a bit of what I saw against the Steelers. I loved what I saw against the Falcons. And we just saw the Bucks get a fucking train ran on them by rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. Now, are Stroud and Levis on the same tier? Are they in the same fucking stratosphere? No. Levis is planets away from Stroud. But for a second ever start against a decent, a pretty good Steelers defense, like, it's okay. You know, you don't have to panic that much. Now he gets the Bucks. Should be a better spot for him. But again, the reason why he isn't ranked higher and the reason why he's not ranked above Dobbs is because we've only really seen one great game out of him. So maybe he's just a one-hit wonder. Moving now to player number 10, the final player. We got Uncle Lenny of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Denver Broncos. Leonard Fournette, 13.5% rostered on ESPN, 18.2% rostered on NFL. The Bills got screwed over by the Bengals. The Bengals did them dirty. The score was close, but it wasn't a close game at all. As a better, a betting man, I have never seen more free money than the Bengals up against the Bills. That was free cash. The The Bills are owned by the Bengals. Now, Nick, you're, you're a Dolphins fan. The Bills always beat the Dolphins. I know. But there's a hierarchy to things, right? There's, there's certain teams that own the others. You know, the Dolphins, Tua owns the Patriots. The Bills own the Dolphins, the Bengals own <laughs> own the Bills, and the Chiefs kind of own the Bengals, you know? But again, any given Sunday, anything can happen. And now you go from a- another fighting analogy, right? You just faced pretty big juggernaut, you know? The-, the number one contender, the number two contender in the Bills, right? Not quite the champion, not the Chiefs, but you faced a very solid opponent. 
Now you're facing an unranked opponent. You're facing the Denver Broncos. Now I know the Bills offense has been bad. The Bills offense has been spotty at points. And I know, Nick, the Chiefs did just lose to the Broncos. That's a division game. In reality, the Buffalo Bills should run train. They should drop a Cleveland steamer. They should be hitting the fucking gritty. Take the L, the fucking Fortnite dance on the grave of the Broncos. And if they don't, if they don't, the Bills have serious issues. Now, Uncle Lenny did not play last night. We let the liquor talk against the Bengals, but I assume he will work in with the team this week as he just showed up a couple of days ago. He's no Josh Dobbs. He looked very in shape, in my opinion. And I think he will have a decent role in this backfield. So he's worth, in a deeper league, a nice stash. But thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So I want to thank you guys again so much for watching. We're almost at 30,000 subscribers. Check out the video on your screen if you haven't seen it already. Love you guys, as always. Good boy!